The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Priya Misra is our guest, Global Head of Rate Strategy at TD Securities. I almost can't think of anyone I'd rather talk to right now. Priya, you're the perfect guest for the time. So this better data really complicates the, the Fed's job. And, you know, Bloomberg Economics has the terminal rate all the way up at 5%. You're not that high, but you're still pretty high. Right. Thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, our view for the terminal rate is pr- closer to four, 375 to four. But I think it does depend, as, as you said, on the economic data, you know, but the data responds with a lag. So the fact that the Fed has been raising rates, we still haven't really seen the impact of the rate hikes we have on financial conditions. We haven't on the economy. Our view is things are going to slow down. The interest sensitive sectors are slowing down. But really, it's going to come down to inflation. That's public enemy number one. And if inflation doesn't show signs of moderating, then I think risks to the terminal rate are higher. And the market's pricing in about four, very close to our forecast. But I would say, yes, risks are to the upside if inflation numbers don't decelerate. I don't think we're looking for, the Fed is looking for 2%, but that monthly change consistent with a you know, 0.2 month over month, I think that's what they're looking for in order for them to stop that hiking cycle. And that may not happen in the near term. Uh, Priya, also, I mean, I think you just said it. We haven't probably seen the effect of, of the, you know, the rate hikes we've already had. That, of course, presents another problem, does it not, of overshooting and over-tightening? Exactly. And I think that's why the yield curve continues to invert. In fact, I like a flattener. I think the curve can invert some more because I think the Fed is telling us that they're focused on inflation, even if there is some pain in the economy. I mean, in Chair Powell's words, and that is tell, give, you know, telling us that the risk of over tightening is growing by the day because they're going to keep tightening, then keep rates restrictive for a while. And I think they're almost telling us that their hands are tied. They may not be able to respond to growth slowdown if there isn't that inflation you know, deceleration. And that's why the long end um, of the of the treasury market is seeing demand, because mm. the front end is all about inflation. But yeah. risk assets are struggling. And what's the safest place to be in? It's actually long end treasuries. So I think the market's pricing in that over tightening scenario. 
Yeah, no change for the yield on the 10-year at 3.10%. Uh, but there are plenty who expect that to move up to um, back around the 3.5% range. As you say, the time, uh, the Fed needs some time here to get several inflation prints that would indicate that, you know, the job is getting done. So does this mean that the higher for longer we heard from, uh, from Jay Powell with his latest data means even higher for even longer? I think the um, uh, even longer part is one I'm completely on board with. But, you know, in terms of whether they need to go even higher than what's priced in or higher than their dot plot, I think really is going to depend upon both growth as well as inflation. Priya, you know, one thing which is quite absent in uh, the uh, speech at Jackson Hole by uh, by, uh, Jay Powell was a quantitative tightening. Now, it ramps up next month. Give us a sense of whether this is really understood and whether it actually is priced in. And if it is, what is priced in? Sure. I'm glad you bring it up because it is a pretty important tool that the Fed uses to tighten policy. I think it's a non-linear impact, meaning the initial QT doesn't matter as much as it ramps up over time. It just results in more treasury supply and it really impacts the long end of the market. You know, that's ultimately what impacts borrowing costs. So I do think it's a big deal. I think the ramp up is should be largely priced in because we've known that it's going to ramp up in September. What is not, I think, fully priced in or appreciated is that the longer it goes on, the more it tightens financial conditions and it, it tightens interest sensitive sectors. It puts up put pressure on interest rates. And, you know, I think that's just going to build uh, over the course of, of the next few months. So, yeah, as you said, se- September, it ramps up. Month mm-hmm. after month, we're going to get as much as 90 billion of treasuries and mortgages that the private market has to take down. And I think that's what prevents long-end treasuries from declining, even if we start to see um, growth slowing down. I wanted to ask you about that as well, but more on how do we actually measure the impact and, and know what's priced in? Right. It is difficult. Uh, in fact, the Fed has a bunch of studies about what is the equivalence of X billion of runoff on interest rates. And even their estimates vary from 15 basis points per month to uh, entire hike. So, it, it, you know, I think there's very uh, wide ranges. What I look at is real rates, long end real rates. You know, that's less dependent on Fed hikes. It's more dependent on supply demand issues. And the fact that QT results in more supply puts upward pressure on those rates. And they have have been rising over the course of the last few months. I think that's a function of QT. And it's just going to continue, I think, uh, you know, as, as QT continues. And QT will continue even when they stop hiking. I think they really have to cut rates to stop QT. So this is just an ongoing form of tightening uh, going forward. Let's just quickly have a look at elsewhere as well, because, I mean, in this part of the world, in uh, emerging markets, how much pressure are they under their central banks to raise rates because it becomes a story about defending the currency ultimately because that would, if you don't, you end up importing a ton of inflation. Exactly. And I think it's not just the emerging market world or Asia. I think it's also Europe is also facing that issue. So, you know, as much as I think the, uh, the, there are these spillovers, I think for the Fed, it's all about domestic pressures. That unfortunately has a spillover into the EM. So, you know, our view is that um, central banks globally are trying to fight this global inflation problem, and they're all going to be more hawkish than what was expected or, or is largely priced in. Priya, we saw uh, credit spreads come in a lot during the the big rally from 
uh, from sort of lows in June up to um, this recent bout of selling. Uh, how, how far does that go the other direction now? I mean, could you see high yield getting up 9 10%? So I am worried about credit more, maybe high yield or the less uh, credit, uh, you know, or the, or the less, the, the more risky uh, parts of the credit spectrum. Not so much because of interest rates. I think, you know, our view is that the 10 years peaked. I mean, whether it's three or three and a quarter. So the interest rate repricing is done. I'm more concerned about the growth aspect. If the Fed's telling us that there could be pain and they won't respond to that pain because they're worried about inflation, I think that tells us that there could be a deeper downturn in the economy. And I don't think that default risk premium has been priced accurately in the credit space. So especially the higher risk sector in the credit markets, I am concerned that the markets become too complacent about interest rates, not quite appreciating that there's true credit risk in that product. And so I, I, I am a little worried that those spreads can widen back out to the highs. Priya, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us there. That's uh, Priya Misra, the uh, Global Head of Rate Strategy at TD Securities, getting her take on the market action. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.